Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. As always, I am your host, Austin. And this week, I have a very special episode coming at you folks. Chris Blau of the 1911 Syndicate is joining me this week. Uh, We sat down, talked for, uh, it's about an hour and a half. Uh, Chris is an awesome dude. And if you guys haven't checked out 1911 Syndicate on YouTube, you definitely should. He and his partner, Jake, um, they're real estate agents by trade. We get into some of that today. Uh, We also talk about, uh, obviously, the firearms culture and community. Um, We talk suppressors. We talk uh, budget optics. We talk all kinds of stuff. Like I said, Chris is a fantastic dude. Uh, I was super pumped to have the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. Uh, We're definitely going to be doing it in the future. Um, It was a great, great conversation. Um, And Chris is doing a lot of good work to help uh, further the community. Like I said, him and his partner, Jake, they run... Uh, the 1911 Syndicate. You guys can check that out on uh, on YouTube. Uh, before we get into my conversation with Chris, though, uh, as I always do here on The Prepared Mindset, I need to make sure I say a very big thank you to our presenting sponsors. Uh, first up, SlimFit Holsters. Guys, head over to slimfitholsters.com. Use our code PREPARED10. It's going to save you 10% free shipping. What else more is there to say? Well, I can tell you that it's a quality company doing quality work. You guys need a new holster. You need a wallet. You need a mag carrier. Whatever you need, the team at SlimFit is going to take awesome, awesome care of you. Whether you need an outside-the-waistband holster like their Victoris, it's got adjustable cant angles on it, great option for whatever, whatever pistol you carry, they got it. Whether you need something for appendix carry, you want the whole rig up front, <clears throat> they're Gladius. That's what I rock. That's what Sam carries. We love ours. Maybe you don't want the magazine up front. Something like their Guard Ultra is going to be perfect for you. You can get it with regular belt clips. You can get it with Alta clips if you want it for something like you know uh, joggers or ladies. If you're looking for something yoga pants, you can get it however you want. Or maybe just their Guard. You want to carry it in the waistband, three, four, five o'clock. They got all kinds of options for any contingency or any any set of circumstances. I should say you want to carry a firearm. I can't say enough nice things about these guys, and I'm and I'm getting messages daily. Uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, what should I get? Hey, have you had a good experience with them? Uh, what 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 do you think makes most sense for me? What you know, how long did you wait to get yours? And I'm I'm super thrilled that we can work with a company like SlimFit. Again, they gave us the code prepared ten to save you guys ten percent off your order and free shipping, which is huge right now during the holidays. Guys, get over to their website. All right. Place your order, have it in time to get here by Christmas. You know how it is, get everything in at the last minute. Get your order in now while you can. One more time, prepared 10. It's going to save you 10% off and free shipping. Slimfitholsters.com, you guys. Great, great company, great holsters. Can't recommend them enough. Also, mymedic.com. We hit on this today in my conversation with Chris. You know, having medical kits, and we, we talked about it last week when Spencer was on, having medical kits is paramount. Uh, in the preparedness space, right? You're more often than not, you're definitely going to need to use that medical kit for scrapes, cuts, whatever, bruises, burns, all the way up to lacerations, uh, potentially, you know, whatever injuries come from a car accident, uh, hopefully not a gunshot or anything like that. But it's important to have the right supplies on hand. And mymedic.com can help you guys out with that. They gave us the code mindset20. They hooked us up. They hooked you guys up. More importantly, it's going to save you 20% off your order. If you head over to our Facebook page and our offer section, you can check out the link. We're an affiliate partner with them. What that means is that if you use our link, the one that expires in January, the other one's broken. Um, but if you use our link, any money you spend, a piece that's going to come back and support the prepared mindset and what we do here. And you'll still 
be able to use our mindset 20 discount code knocks off 20 percent and right now they even have pre black friday pricing out to help you guys save money on their recon kit the MyFact, the edc medic the you know whatever you need they even have medic kits out there for your four-legged friends with the pet medic and they got refill kits so maybe you bought from another company and you really don't need to replace the whole kit Maybe you just need to replace the cut medic piece of it. You can get a refill kit from mymedic.com. They'll sell you just those components to make sure you have everything that you need to be prepared and not one thing more that you don't need. They're not going to waste your time. They're not going to waste your money. They're not going to take advantage of you. Quality company doing awesome, awesome stuff. And we're so, so thankful this Thanksgiving season to be partnered with MyMedic. Head over to mymedic.com. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Guys, without any further ado... I want to get on over to my conversation with Chris Blau of the 1911 Syndicate. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Chris. Welcome to the Prepared Mindset. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Uh, good, good. I'm happy we got through the, uh, <clears throat> the, the tech issues that seem to be ever-present when I try doing these uh, conversations with folks. Um, Dude, story of my life. My wife literally sets up my iPhone. Like she's the one I ask for help on everything. I'm yep. technologically. I, not yeah. Afraid. We just, <laughs> we, it's, uh, we just upgraded our phones actually. And yeah. my wife handled all of it. I just yep. let the guy know when I was going to be home, they like come to your, your house now and stuff and take care of it. And it's I'm like, yeah, just do whatever. Tell me when I need to be home. That's fine. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so let's, um, let's start, uh, introduce yourself and, uh, and tell our listeners a bit about what it is that, that you do, um, and you know, 1911 syndicate and all that. Cool. Yeah. Before we do that, I saw you were drinking. Oh yeah, absolutely. What are you drinking? Um, actually I, uh, spent the weekend in Ohio, right? Okay. So I went bottle hunting a little bit and I, uh, this is a really cheap one. It's ancient, ancient age, 10 year. So okay. it's about 15 bucks, but it's like the same mash bill as uh, Blanton's. So well, you're drinking Blanton's. There you go. This is a gold cast too. The wife got me one of the gold Ooh. cast bottles and uh, yeah, it was full and uh, we'll get into that here in a bit. Yeah, so yeah. cheers to you, buddy. Thanks cheers. for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so... um we'll just do like a basic intro. I'm 33 years old. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, born and raised here. Basically my whole life lived in Utah for a bit, Idaho and back down to Arizona in seventh grade, which would be, uh, what is that? Like 21, 22 years ago. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and currently I'm a real estate agent. Uh, but we, at the 1911 syndicate, my business partner, Jake, we review guns and gear on YouTube to drive clientele for real estate. So basically it's niche market, like-minded to a community real estate. Um, and we help anyone in, in the two a community and hell I'll sell a house to your grandma that, you know, whoever (laughs) needs help, I'll help out. But we do kind of cater to shooters and law enforcement and military. So one of the funner things that we do, um, say you got a guy changing duty stations from like East Coast to West Coast. Mm-hmm. We have affiliates all over the country so we can facilitate the sell of the house on one coast and get you in touch with our guy on the other coast to help you buy. So kind oh, wow. of a fun way to do it. Um, I'm networking. down here in Phoenix. Yeah, networking big time. Yeah, it's uh, which, you know, the gun community, everyone seems to like to network anyways. And yeah trying to find real estate agents that 
like what we're doing, are on board with what we're doing, support the Second Amendment, support law enforcement, military. It has been fun. It's actually been a lot easier than we thought it would be. And um, it's just building like a network of like-minded realtors to help out, you know, whoever needs help, whether it's law enforcement, military, or just shooters. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and it's something that I definitely wanted to make sure that we talked about too, because I feel like, you know, <clears throat> in the the two A space, the the prepping space, I mean, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Um, owning a home, having a home in general, is something that I feel like a lot of people like. Le- it gets, it gets ignored, right? It's like, ah, oh, you know, I got an apartment. It's fine. You know, oh, I got a condo. It's fine. And it's like, well, I mean, that could be okay. Um, I just have like these thoughts of like carrying a gun safe up, you know, four flights of stairs and like the lack of, um, space that my, my wife, when she lived on her own, right. That she had in a one bedroom apartment, <clears throat> like, you know, that, I mean, does it work? Yeah. And, and again, not everybody has the choice and stuff, but it's like really overlooked, um, yeah. especially when you start talking about having the space to do things like if you want to shoot, right. Um, even hell, even just having the, the space to dry fire, you know, is something that yeah. some people don't necessarily have in their home. Yeah. And, and shit, I mean, honestly with the way the market is right now, um, I know a lot of people are not even able to get, uh, in, into homes. Just the prices are so high. I mean, um, is that something you guys are seeing a, a like an issue with, I guess, or, um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, to give you an example, uh, we've been in this house, it's approximately 2,300 square feet. Um, you know, four, four bedroom, three bath here in Phoenix. We bought it, uh, five years ago at like 270. Okay. I could sell it now for, I, I bet I could get 700 for it. Wow. I thought yeah. I was doing good. We, we bought about the same time. I paid 125 here in Southeast Michigan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 1200 square foot ranch, you know, nothing super special, uh, three bedroom, uh, one and a half bath. And I could probably get around 200 for it right now in the area. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, maybe more, but, um, I have friends that are, you know, and I'm only 32, but I have friends that are in their mid to late twenties are looking to buy homes and they can't get into anything. Um, because you know, a a 900 square foot all siding bungalow house in not the greatest part of town is still going to cost you like 160, and it's like, dude, I wouldn't pay that for that house. No, you'll never get your money back out of it. Yep. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool because we have equity, right? But it's, I mean, we played around with the idea of selling and then getting another house and just kind of working our way up, you know. Yeah. And uh, the problem is, is trying to buy a house now. There's no inventory. Two, you're going to be paying way more than that house is yeah, worth. Yeah, you're getting that premium price for sure. Yep. And so then we played with the idea of selling and then renting or like, you know, getting an apartment until the market dips, mm-hmm. um, which would be a nightmare after going from a house back to like an apartment or something. Oh, dude, no, there's just no way. I, I thought about that too. And I got way too, like, I have way too much shit, you know, uh, both gun related and otherwise, right? That I'm like, there's just no way. <laughs> there yeah. is no way that I'd be able yep. to make that work for any amount of time or like, yeah. you know, Oh, well, I was moved back into my parents' house for a little bit. It's like, no, there's, oof, there's not enough alcohol in the world to deal with that. I'm, I mean, I love my parents, but, um, that's, I have friends that did it. Yeah. They sold a house, moved back in with the, the in-laws for like six months. And I was like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, well, we just work a lot. I'm like, so you're never there. Got it. <laughs> it's basically the only way to deal with that. But, um, <clears throat> so with, what you guys do, um, 
you know, you talked a lot about the military and everything. And obviously that's like, those are moves of necessity, things that have to happen. But I guess with the civilian market, do you guys deal a lot in like property that's um, spaced out where people can go do things like shooting and, and, you know, uh, land, do land navigation on their own property, like things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So that is honestly the downside of how we do this because everyone in the gun community wants land to shoot on. Right. Uh, you know, place to build like a compound or like, you know, you hear all these things and, and we are more than happy to facilitate that. The problem involved with that is your budget now goes from like 200, $300,000 for a house, let's say mm-hmm. to 900, 1.2 mil. And the reason why is because most people want to buy land. So that's a separate loan from your house loan. You then have to develop the land, run power, run water. Mm-hmm. All of this is happening as you have loans out on the land. You're probably taking loans out for other stuff. Like it just financially is very, very difficult. And I don't um, think, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Cause it's, it's really like romantic really yeah. is the word for it. Like, yeah, oh, I'm going to have, you know, the thousands of acres of land and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have my own shooting range and all this stuff. And it's like, okay. I mean, I hope you can, <laughs> but uh, that's, I mean, financially, I don't think people really understand everything that goes into it, or even just the fact that like, if you're going to do a construction loan, right. I want to build a house on this huge, I had this property dirt cheap from my great grandma or something. And I'm going to go build a house up there. And it's like, well, okay, you can, but do you know what is involved with the construction loan? Cause it's not just like applying for a mortgage, you know, it's, you know, or, oh, there's this old ass house up there. We're just going to, you know, reno it. And we're, we're going to get a, we call it like a renovation loan. It's like, well, that's, You'd like, I know I looked at doing one of those. I bought my house and they want like the bank wants usually like three to five different estimates on who's going to do the work and everything. It's a it's huge thing. And it's not, unfortunately, right. It's just not as easy as people would like it to be. Nope. No. And it's that, that applies to just buying a house in general. I think people have this idea that it's like, well, I just, you know, throw a couple bucks down, get a loan. Yeah, it'd be go. easy, right? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a process, man. You know, you've, you've bought your own house and this is our second one. And even after buying one or two houses before I got into real estate, I was like, yeah, this seems like an easy process. Well, it's because my wife did it all. I'm going to be completely honest. (laughs) I can barely tie my shoes without my wife. So she usually handles all that kind of stuff. But now being in real estate, like, man, it's a process, you know, credit Mm -hmm. checks, down payments. I mean, we're talking 20% on, you know, $600,000 house. That's that's a lot of money to just, just drop drop it like that. And, and it starts tying back into the other things that you're doing. Right. So in the shooting community, right. We always, we talk a lot, right. About guys want the best gear they want. Yeah. Oh, I got to have night vision, man. You know, I got to drop 10 grand on, on some nods. I got to have my IR laser. I got to, you know, drop, uh, and I'm, I'm actually in the process right now of getting ready to buy a suppressor. So there's another 1200 bucks plus your tax. I mean, so it's all money. Right. But then people start getting the idea that Hobbs finance it, you know, like, I'll just finance it and it's great. But then you look at that and you're like, yeah, I do this all up front. I only got, you know, I say only, but let's say you put 20 grand out to get nods and a decent rifle, and a can and you're like, oh man, I'm, <clears throat> I got everything that the guys from, you know, T-Rex arms or 1911 syndicate, like I got everything these guys got, like I'm, I'm set now I'm going to get a house. And then you're F because you're, uh, 
your DTI is uh, just not there to support the kind of, and then you end up living in one of those 850 square foot shit shacks. And you're like, well, at least I got my gun. (laughs) At least I got some dope nods to, you know, look at, to navigate all 800 square feet of my home, which you can't afford the power now. So actually you kind of do need the nod. So, I mean, there could be an argument for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, but it's, and it's just ridiculous because how many people that are so short-sighted that way, you know, I mean, um, I get it because we all want that stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, it, my wife does a ton of shit. Same, same as you. She does a lot for me. So uh, on my list of priorities, she's number one, followed by the dogs, followed by, you know, bills and stuff. And then, you know, we'll start to get into what I, what, you know, what Austin can spend on, uh, you know, suppressors and hand yeah. guards and training. And, you know, if I can find any up here ammo, you know, cause that's been, a year and a half of, I, 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 for the first time, uh, two, three weeks ago, I found, uh, like nine millimeter, uh, training ammo, uh, for 22 bucks for 50. It was like blazer. I'm like, that's not the worst. However, I don't really, I'm not really a buyer at 22. I mean, I got some stuff stashed, but like, yeah, uh, closer to 15, I'll be excited. We'll see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, you tack on that and then going back just a bit, like I haven't had any clients recently. Um, no, I had one in the past, you know, six, seven, eight months ago who was wanting to buy a house, you know, found us from YouTube and, you know, that's how 90% of our clientele comes is from the YouTube content, which is actually really cool. That's pretty Um, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually really, really cool. And, uh, so we're like, yeah, let's get the process. You know, we showed him some houses and we're looking and he's kind of non-committal. And then he starts sending me pictures of guns that he just bought. (laughs) <laughs> i'm like nice I, you know, I i do the road ahead oh did i lose you nope i got you there there you go are we allowed to curse on this or no oh yeah do whatever you want it's all okay good. okay so i add this up and i'm like motherfucker dude you just spent like a fourth of your down payment on guns and yep. you're complaining that you're priced out of the market. And I'm like, dude, like you, you have it right there, you know? And, and I get it. Look, man, I see a shiny new gun or a shiny new something and I'm all about it. You know, I, uh, I, I'm not it. scared to admit it. I say it on the channel all the time. I am a gear queer. I love it. I love buying the gear. I love dressing up. Like I, it's a funny thing that people kind of shy away from that a little bit. But like, dude, I never served in the military. I'm very upfront about that, which also you are, which I appreciate, you know, yeah, um, I try because yeah, I, I get those all the time. Like uh, I'll post a picture. I get fucking LARPer like, all right. I mean, you call whatever you want, dude. I don't I don't really care. I've never uh, fronted about that. You know, what I mean, like, nope, no, never served in the military. I'm not law enforcement. My partner that I do the podcast with, he did. It's really not that big of a deal. You know, I mean. <clears throat> yeah, it gives you some experience to share from for sure. But yeah. Um, well, and you had a, so I went through a couple old episodes and listened to chunks. I didn't want to listen to too much to like, you know, okay. Yeah. About old, old episodes, but you had a saying, let's see here. Let me find it real quick. Uh, your, your partner on this podcast has the benefit of experience. Uh, this was like six or seven episodes ago, okay. which like, I'll give you credit for. I think that that's, put perfectly well. I have buddies that are all, you know, infantry all the way to, we had a guy on the channel who was a tier one guy out of Fort Bragg. So literally the highest you can oh, go. Nice. Yeah. And, um, 
like all those dudes are like, yeah, Chris trains and he spends money on it and he travels all around the country training. It's awesome, dude. Like keep it up because like that's what dude signed up to do is to make sure you and I could enjoy those freedoms. Right. right. Um, but also they like, they also just don't care, man. Like they're just like, Hey, you want to wear the clothes and everything? Like do it, man. I did it for a job, but at the same time, we all grew up playing army man in the woods, right? Right. It all comes from like the same place, you know? So, um, and honestly, insane. I've had a discussion with Sam and stuff and he honestly was really cool about all of that and everything. He's like, you know, good for you for, you know, uh, having the, the free thought or independent thought to decide that you didn't want to go, you know, into the service and, you know, and he did for his own reasons and everything. And, um, it's just, it's just a personal choice. I mean, alternatively you get into other facets of life and, it's okay. Well, I mean, that's shooting is only a small part of what we do as yep. people. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't understand why dudes get so much heartburn about that. And they're like, you know, Oh, you didn't, you know, you, you didn't serve. You're not in law enforcement. You're not, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I mean, no, but I do know some guys that did serve that are horse shit with a gun. So what are yeah. we talking about? <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, not dogging on the military at all. Anyways, no. 99% of the people that we get from the channel are all positive. I, I recently did a review on a scar heavy a 17. And I, I said, Rangers were tier three special operations. They're tier two. They also have a tier one element to them. So technically talking to other buddies of mine, first, second, third Ranger battalion all have different jobs and technically could all be one, two or three tiers. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, long story short, this guy was giving me grief on it. And I'm like, bro, one, I'm sorry you're getting so upset about a very small mistake. Yeah. Two, like, dude, it's just not worth it, man. Like, I mean, what's, what's the point? What do you, what do you um, try? What do you think you're going to accomplish? Right. By chasing this issue. I mean, you want to correct it, point it out. I mean, move on. Yep. That's, that's really it. And I think we're starting to get, uh, in the community, we're starting, I think my opinion to move in the pot in the right direction on a lot of those things. You start to see a lot less of the toxic, uh, (laughs) toxic bullshit. Right. And a lot more of dudes trying to just help each other. Like, Hey man, um, you got the gear and everything like that's good, but it's not, it, it doesn't do anything for you if you don't know how to use it. So, um, and again, there's a lot of guys out there that talk about, uh, and it's almost like a regurgitated thing. It, it's still true, right. To spend money on training, um, rather than to like load up on all the fancy, cool stuff and everything. So, um, while it is, it's like the, the humble brag type deal, you know, we see a lot of, but it, I, I think it's, it's, uh, an indicator that we're moving in the right direction. You yeah. know, um, you don't need to have the Gucciest of, of rifles out there. I mean, you should have a good one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, and if you can't afford that and you do have one, just, you know, train with it and then upgrade as you go, which is basically what I did. Um, yeah. My shit started out as like a, a MP smart, uh, sport too. Yep. And yeah. I listened to that podcast. So yep. yeah. And, uh, and then I'd started out the, my 11 and a half started off as a 10.5 inch, uh, Palmetto, which is yeah. since had like a barrel swap and the bolt carrier, like everything, the, the lower is pretty stock, you know, just a mill spec lower, but you know, and that's fine. Like move up yeah. and advance as you can. You don't have to go out and spend right up front anyways, you know, $2,500 on, uh, on a BCM or, you know, whatever, you, you know, everybody says you need to have to be good uh, or to be well, uh, well equipped, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and I, and I, I yeah, like I mean, that you guys do a lot of that on the channel going from like the cheap challenges and stuff, which I started watching and I haven't really gotten through. Oh, um, cool. Right on. Yeah, no, those were, those were funny. Uh, mostly just the, the, the griping and the bitching about like what counts as an expense and everything. I was like, you know, I feel like somebody here was cheating. I don't know. <laughs> hey, um, I, we've done what four of those and I've won three of them and it, I go the cheapest I can go for, I guess for everyone listening, we do a cheap gun challenge, which basically we set a budget. So our first one was uh, $200 and we had to buy a pistol. And then we had to go shoot courses of fire and train with it throughout the day. Uh, We did a cheap AR challenge. So, you know, we had $300 to build an AR. We ran it through some drills. I threw it off a mountain inside of a 50 gallon drum and it, (laughs) work just fine so like the cheap gun challenge thing we like to do just as like a fun like it's just fun dude it's purely just out of enjoyment you know and then on the other end of the spectrum we'll have a knight's armament which is three thousand dollars that we review right right? yeah and um you know there's that old saying which you're getting at is like it's the indian not the arrow and i 100 Mm -hmm. agree like 100 but at some point your skills may meet up with the level of equipment you have. And so you may need to up equipment to up your skills. And it could be as simple as, you know, a cheap $30 red dot or a hundred dollar red dot. You train so much, you broke it. So maybe now it's time to jump up to like a MRO, right? $350 red dot. Say over time you break that or whatever. I'm, I'm an aim point whore. I love them. Um, I'm paying $850 for, for a basic, I mean, I did buy an EOTech EXPS two and like, I got it on sales, like 500 bucks. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, I love it. Like I was, I had like no regrets. As soon as I started playing with it, I was like, this is worth it. You know? Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, getting for, into, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, you're Here good. Go. Um, um I, when we got recently, those uh, stimulus checks, then I really in- invested, but Oh, the yeah. hollow sun. Hollow sun. Yeah. So you listen to that. I listened to that podcast where, like you said, you got the stimulus and you were like, oh, yeah. I'll yep. be honest. Like I was responsible with it and gave some to my wife and paid some bills. Yep. And I, I was laughing because I remember when I got mine, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, I need this piece of gear. <laughs> oh, here you go, babe. Here's some money to, you know, like, I don't know. Funny, yeah. But anyways, aim point for me is the gold standard, but paying $800 or you know, add a mount on there. You're looking at a grand, right? Dude, a thousand dollars will pay most people's mortgages, right? Yeah. That's a mortgage. That's grocery money. That's, I mean, shit, when we got those stimulus checks, I bought all the stuff to redo our half bath here in the house and, you know, or pay off a credit card bill. I mean, that's all stuff that like you look at it and you kind of weigh out the pros and cons. And, you know, fortunately we were in a situation like I, we could do a little bit of everything, you know, um, yeah. I gave some money to my wife. She paid off some charge cards, the next check. I mean, cause we didn't really need it. We were both working through the whole thing. So, you know, I spent 600 bucks on a vortex, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> the, the Viper. And I was like, you know what, this yeah. is, uh, by far and away the nicest class that I, that I, you know, ever envisioned myself owning in this, you know, brief time window here. So I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, it seems like it's got pretty solid reviews for the price point and everything. I'm happy with this. I don't shoot near as much as I would like to. So this is still, I think, you know, a good, reliable, um, you know, purchase. And and obviously 
and I recommend more text to everyone just because it's like, they don't give a shit. They will replace anything and everything. And I'm like, you know what, if you really are on a budget, like buy Vortex yeah, and upgrade to a nicer one or something, if you're really that concerned, because they don't ask any questions, I'll just replace it for you. And that way you're only out the money the one time. Realistically. Yeah. It's, it's cheesy, but it's best bang for your buck. And you know, it's, we're starting to see a shift too, I think where in the gun industry, cause all flat out, I hated hollow suns just simply cause I had like a elitist kind of snooty yeah. snobby mentality. Um, what changed me is a green Bray buddy of mine, his teammate snuck over some hollow sun stuff mm-hmm. um, on a deployment and like put it on his guns and ran it and had a good time. Like it withstood the abuse of the deployment, beat the shit out of it. And I'm like, you know what? Give it I'll a start shot, looking yeah. into these, you know, I'll start kind of checking this out. And I'm going to be honest, man. Now it's on my everyday carry gun, which is a staccato P 2011. Um, we've reviewed, I don't know, five or six of them now. Um, and I think for the price, they're pushing the envelope with innovation with the solar, you know, different reticles for the the side exit battery door that we've all been begging for on our rmrs I, that's the one thing i hate about the rmr like i i love the trijicon rmr i think it's a total tank yeah I and mean, for 400 bucks i don't think that's 450 whatever i don't i don't think that's awful you're pay that for a delta point pro anyway right so yeah. um i don't think that's awful it just it sucks that you have to take the whole optic off the gun to change that battery and then you can put it back together you got to read zero or at least check your zero um, which for me is a process. I, I suck at zeroing and I hate doing yeah. it. Um, so yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna like, I'm, with the day that that dies on me, I'm probably going to cry and then I'll just, you know, go take it to the range and, and fix it. But, um, you know, that whole <laughs> yeah. side door thing, it's like, why did no one think of this sooner? I mean, I know the, the, the Delta point, you can do it on the top. Um, yeah. and there's some other ones out there, like the vortex venom and everything that are also top access battery, but they're, you know, bigger bodies are not quite as durable. You're sacrificing for that like battery convenience until, you know, hollow sun kind of figured it out. And I think that's really what helped propel them through all this is their pistol optics really started becoming quite popular for their durability and their accessibility. Um, and now you see guys like John Lovell at warrior poet society. They, he, he promotes, uh, you know, hollow sun all the time. You guys talk about hollow suns a lot in your videos. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they were a little bit, um, I hate using the word cringe. They were a little bit borderline, you know, not, not, not yeah. like air, they weren't quite, you know, the, the level of like NC star or Vism or something, but um, Close. <laughs> they were like the next step up. And it seems yeah. like they really just put the money into wanting to take that step. And I think that's good because then it, you know, the, it pushes in the industry, everybody else to be competitive, to, yep. you know, take a hard look at price points for what you're getting and things like that. You know, competition breeds, uh, innovation so i think it's great um and and looking at stuff you know uh they don't then they i don't think they've overstepped either you know they haven't started to put out like glass you know no lpvos from hollow sun i think they're kind of just staying in their like wheelhouse and red dots and i think you know they've they've messed around with some holographic stuff like cool all right you know um that's what you're good at just do that for a while. And if you establish yourself there, I think then, then maybe they can look at something, you know, a little bit more. Um, yeah. A little different, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's from my understanding, they also made, uh, diodes for a lot of the main companies. Yeah. Yep. They made components and stuff. Yep. So take that into account. 
people give us a hard time on the channel like, oh, you guys support China with Holosun. Dude, I would love to buy American made. I do as much as I can. Yeah. But you're you're talking shit on your iPhone. It was fucking made in China, yeah. dude. Any cell phone. Like, they're all made overseas. Um, you know, my my father's in the automotive industry. Like, do you realize that almost anything and everything you drive, whether it's a quote unquote American vehicle or not, you know, um, not all of that is made here. In fact, you know, most of your interior door panels and things are made in China, they're made in Mexico, they're made in Germany, and then they're or, or Canada, and then imported and sometimes imported and assembled here, or they're assembled right at the border, right? And then brought into the country. So it's like, I mean, and I get it. Um, <clears throat> but I'm actually just if I'm being honest, I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. Like, I know we don't want to feed straight to them, but yeah. you know, it's tough. There's such an uh a manufacturing powerhouse, it is difficult to live your life um china free so to speak yeah um with your your day-to-day goods now i mean I'm, I'm totally on board with don't buy like their knockoffs that they flood amazon and stuff with you know i yeah. um did an episode where we're talking about buying quality stuff you can find like unity risers and stuff for like 20 dollars on amazon because they're yeah. not actually unity <laughs> and yep. i was like seriously like it's not even trying you know and um i don't know if you it checked out that episode at, or, at all but it was funny because I found, I searched for the EOTech riser from Unity and yeah. I found the Unity one for like 86 bucks or something. And then like four items below it was the knockoff Chinese one that was tagged as like Amazon's best or best choice or whatever. And it's like, it's the fake one. Like what, the, what the fuck? Seriously? Like you're an American company, motherfucker. So, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I get it. Buy American when you can. Yeah. It costs more, but you, you definitely get the better typically you get better quality yeah yeah and that's you know it's one thing we hear a lot about it because you know with the way we do reviews like you know i talked to five different companies today from ammo companies to kit companies to an optics company right that's awesome um yeah yeah we got some really really cool stuff kind of coming up here and uh same thing like one of them was talking about apparels and shirts and to get a, a 100% American-made shirt, because usually companies import it and then screen yep. print here, yep. to get 100% American-made, your shirt is going up an extra $15, $20. All Just for made here. And that's if you can get a hold of them right now. Because I have a good friend that's been on a couple of times that runs a screen printing company. And yeah, he, he straight up told me, he's like, honestly, <clears throat> you want me to get you 25 black t-shirts right now? Just like, not, not like, we're not even talking like the Under Armour ones or like, or whatever, like regular, just cheapo, like it was a Gildan or Hanes or something, yeah. whatever. Um, he's like, I, I can't, you know, these companies will say they have, you know, 75 shirts in stock and that's 75 shirts across like all 30 of their warehouses nationwide, Jeez. you know, cause, uh, with the shipping and COVID and all these ships that are anchored off the, off the coast and all that stuff. He's like, I, I can get you the good stuff that you, but it's going to cost you $45 a shirt. Cause it's going to be Carhartt. And who the hell wants to pay that if you're ordering, you know, a hundred shirts, no one's going to do that, you know? So yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah, you do it where you can, you know, you buy American yep. when you can, you support American when you can, it's just, it is, it, it does get a little bit difficult, you know, and I'm, it doesn't necessarily surprise me to hear that you guys get a lot of grief about that, but yeah, um, people just need to, I think, put it in perspective, yeah. you know, that not everything can be made here and we're kind of working towards that or we would like to some of us anyway um yeah, it just, previous administration was yeah exactly um so with with requests like that and everything um 
what do you guys get the most of? You know, talking about the the YouTube videos and everything. I guess uh, do you yeah. have like a a flow chart or something? You're like, yeah, we got thirty of this request, so that's what's coming next. But then you know, we got twenty five of this one. I mean, how do you guys? I'm sure you get a ton of you know uh, input and requests. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, great question by the way. Um, we reviewed a uh, four seventeen. The uh, tier one guy out of Fort Bragg, Jason, mm-hmm. was the project lead for the four seventeen. So we had him out and um, it's a piston driven AR. Yep. I, the reason why I bring this up, I'll, I'll get to the point is. So from then on, we got a bunch of requests for the PWS piston driven guns, POF guns. Um, it's funny you say you bring up POF because I think um, I just finished uh, John Norris's book, uh, Hidden right. War. And I think and POF is what they used for their uh, i'm pretty sure anyways was what they used for their uh 308 game warden rifles it is yes it is it's pretty pretty fucking badass (laughs) yeah great great book i i haven't read it but i know who john is and listen Mm -hmm. to all the podcasts that he's on uh side sidebar people should listen to those podcasts and read that book because there's straight up like a a civil war going on that people have no yeah, idea. About. There's a lot of extra in there that it's like, it's not just about, you know, we hate marijuana. That's actually kind of so far from the point of what all that's about. So, yeah. um, Being in Arizona, we see a lot of that, but anyways, um, so piston driven guns were a big topic. And so for the last like two or three months, Jake and I, Jake, uh, my business partner, everything that we have going on, the whole reason I'm part of this is because of him. Uh, it's all his idea and his brainchild. I give little tidbits here and there, but he is a straight up psychopath. Like one of the most type a individuals I know to the point where he has flow charts for all of that stuff. Like, Hey, we had, I doubt he has the count of how many piston driven guns we got requested, but he has some sort of master list where, you know, he tracks we get all that data. Yeah. ABCD, you know, and, uh, and so we kind of build content off of that right now. We had a big call and planned out basically the next like three months of content. Shit. And, um, Oh dude, when I say Jake is next level, like we have January and probably well into February planned out right now. Um, which seems excessive, but no, you know, I'm, no, I'm, that's from a management standpoint. I can even tell you just with the podcast here, if I can get two or three weeks out planned out, I, I'm happy just because it's yeah. like, you don't have to worry about it. And then all you gotta do is have like one contingency plan. So if somebody reschedules, at least for me, you know, if someone reschedules or something happens, okay, I got that topic I can go to, I can pull this together, but the yep. further out you can plan for that stuff, the honestly, the better off you'll be. Cause you know, like you guys have said a lot of your videos, it's, that's not your day job, right? You're, you're real estate agents by day. And that has to, that's what pays the bills. Right. So that's, that's the focus. So then whatever you can do to help, um, position, right. The passion project that just makes everybody's life that much easier. Yep. Yeah. And so we have, you know, like we planned out basically the guns that I'm writing reviews for, for the next three months, planned out what he's doing. And then we go from there. So long story short, sorry, is we do take like comments from YouTube quite a bit. We get in there and, and engage with comments. Mm-hmm often like today i was i was in there for we dropped the video today um and i was in there as it premiered talking with people just because it adds engagement it builds the brand oh yeah and i'm a people person i love talking to people um but we'll pull comments like hey you know on this video for the star we saw a lot of you know people suggest the hk 417 so 
might be coming down the pipe, but, uh, you know, we, we tried, we try to kind of listen to what people want to see. And then also like Jake and I, two, three months ago, we're talking about direct thread suppressor versus QD suppressor. Yeah. And we were like, that's actually, that's something I think a lot of people ask about and because you talk about, it gets into so many other just issues, you know, reliability and point of impact shifts and, and stuff. And it's like, you know, and suppressors are cool. Who doesn't love fucking, you know, watching suppressors and like I said, yeah. I'm getting ready to buy one. So, uh, um, yeah, well, let's, uh, give me one second. I'll grab it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, and while you're grabbing that, just, uh, I think it's just, it's, it's some of that stuff, you know, looking at suppressors and things that, um, we, things that are larger purchases, um, that people, you know, really sweat over and really like stress over. They want to like, or if at least if they're like me, right? Like I absorb as much content as I can on that stuff. Cause I'm like, fuck, I, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to fuck this up. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm looking at the, um, the, uh, the Sandman, uh, dead air S was Perfect. kind of, what I was looking at originally I was thinking of surefire, surefire, I think just gets a lot of love just cause it is surefire, you know? And, and it's not, not that it's bad. Obviously it's not bad, but, yeah. um, after looking at like the lockup system and the QD that dead air has and everything, like I, um, I, I like it, you know, as, and I, most of my guns are five, five, six. I do have a six, five Creedmoor bolt gun. So I think if I go with the S then I'll still be able to use it on the Creedmoor and the five, five, six. And, yep. um, you know, I, I think it's like that happy compromise, so to speak. Um, definitely a far sight better than the the Yankee Hill that I was looking at when I originally started, uh, you know, like down this path of I'm, you know, uh, what I did not to get too far from the point is I, I used to disc golf. Um, my brother yeah. got me into it and everything. Kind of fun. Uh, fucking hate it. Um, now really? like, yeah, no, fuck that. Um, <laughs> so anyways, with all the shipping problems, a lot of those discs are made overseas. So, um, I have a buddy who's like a semi-professionally sponsored player and everything who, who, uh, who runs a auction page on Facebook. Okay. So I've been auctioning off all these discs that I have. Um, cause yeah. I'm, I'm very like obsessive about stuff. So when I got into disc golfing, I was like, I spent a bunch of money on it. I need all this shit. Yeah. Um, so I am about halfway through selling all the stuff I have and I'm almost about $1,200. Perfect. So, and that way, and, and my wife is totally cool about it. She go buy a suppressor, do what you want. But I'm the one that, that sweats about, you know, spending the money. So I'm like this way I can liquidate my assets when not touching my savings account and go out and buy the suppressor. And I was originally thinking like, oh, it's going to take forever. I'll have to get like a Yankee Hill. So I have to wait forever. And it didn't, you know, I've only been doing this for almost two months of, of selling these discs and stuff. And um, I think this coming Friday is because uh, I'm off work, so I'll have the time to go to the silencer shop kiosk and everything. I'm going to go with the Sandman S, and Hell then you yeah. know, stew and brood for six to twelve months while I wait for my fucking tax stamp. You know, right? Fucking yeah. Uncle Sam, dude. That's it what sucks. you know. And I'm the same way, so I sweat about spending the money. My wife Megan is always like, "You've been looking at this gun thing for six months, and you won't shut up about it." Yep. Shut the fuck up and <laughs> just, just go do it. Yep. yep. Like, no, and you don't so, understand. <laughs> dude, Sandman S, great option. And, you know, writing this review. So we have a Helios uh, QD tie right here on a dead air chemo mount. So this is dead air mount. And then underneath it would be the dead air uh, brake. Right. Then we have a both 16 inch guns. Um, 
don't let that fall. We got a Knight's Armament with Direct Thread, Helios, Tie, but Direct Thread. So no mounts, no nothing, right? Yep. And these are basically the two kind of cans that I'm writing this review on. And I used to be all QD because ease of use and, you know, the uh, 30 different reasons, right? Yeah. After writing this review, and then Bobby, the owner of CGS, has been uh, has been incredibly kind to Jake and I and gone above and beyond for us for literally since we started. Like, I don't know why that guy likes us. He does. And so I, I called him and talked to him for probably an hour yesterday about the differences. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, man, he kind of sold me on on direct thread, dude. Like, he absolutely hates QD. He says it's the worst thing to ever happen to the gun industry. I'm being, <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating, but he he's hates it to the point where they won't make QD stuff because he's like, there's 200 different QD systems. Yeah, we'll just use their shit. We'll and use somebody our- else's and save the money and put it into developing a better suppressor. And that's why yeah. they run with the dead air stuff. So, um, but long story short um the review stuff and and guns and gear and like getting your suppressor all squared away is like man it's a headache and it's a lot because there's so much information out there and everyone's product is better than everyone's and everyone knows so and so who you know did a b c d with that suppressor yep it has a different opinion and you know and and that's when you start getting into those variables i mean because you guys i mean you do the reviews Um, it seems like you try to do it as well thought out as you can within, you know, like normal constraints, nothing ridiculous, like, um, not as far as like what Aaron Cowan with Sage Dynamics does with like his optics and stuff where he's like, you know, he obliterates those things. So now, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, now that I understand that that's what he does the last couple of years, if I buy anything, uh, first thing I do is YouTube search, like, has Aaron tried to break this yet? (laughs) You know, um, I mean, cause you, but you can't cover everything, you know, like everybody's going to have something that slips through quality control. It's just the nature of the beast. Right. And yeah, maybe you do have, and, and not to bash on like Yankee Hill or something, but maybe you do have a really just solid, just awesome Yankee can that you have no problems with. And your muzzle device is great. No issues, but there's more people out there that have gripes about the muzzle device, you know? So that's, yeah. You, you kind of, you look at the numbers on it. I try to be data driven with everything. You know, I work in finance and that's just look at the numbers. That's, that's the, I mean, I don't want to take a chance on what could be good versus what, you know, buying something like a, a surefire, a dead air, uh, you know, CGS, whatever, like you, you just, you have more people doing more stuff with it, having positive experiences. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what people look for is they want to, like that positive reassurance, you know, that's why I haven't been able to find a whole lot on stuff from like silencer co. Um, I know the name, but you know, uh, looking at some of the Saker stuff or like Griffin armament, I've heard of those companies. You just don't see a lot of guys that are like really going out there. I don't want to say pushing product, but doing the reviews on it. And I assume that's because less people are asking about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's less popular, you know, and, We'll review anything. And one thing too with our channel is Jake and I have self-funded this thing from day one. So we can give true, legitimate, as much as we can, unbiased reviews. Yeah, I, I don't want to ask, like, did you guys pay for all this or did you get somebody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously some stuff, you know, like say, I don't know, uh, some company is like, hey, you know, we'll reach out to them and be like, we want to review your SIG cane break. Can you help us out? They'll send it out. And then 
you know, the way media stuff usually works is they have a prorated deal or you send it back. Right. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, 99% of the stuff you see on the channel, Jake and I have bought with our own money and uh, it is expensive. And oh, yeah, uh, it adds up, man. All of it. I mean, dude, Austin, it's bananas, but people don't realize, uh, you know, and they say, I want to start getting into guns. And it's like, I bet you do. <laughs> and then you start, I mean, I remember when I bought my first rifle, I remember looking at what, you know, I got that M and P sport too. It was right after the Orlando nightclub shooting. And oh. I bought it because at that point I, I had a M and P shield was my first yeah. gun. And then I bought a full size M and P cause I saw the, the Chris Costa ATEI video. Like I was like, yeah. this is I want to have one. Yep. Kind of regretted it later. Cause I was like, I should just bought a Glock, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I mean like, okay, it's cool. So I had kind of had it in the back of my mind, you know, I was like, all right, I want a rifle. I can't justify it. Cause like me and my twin brother just moved out and everything. And we wound up just pardon the pun. We wound up just pulling the trigger on it because we were really afraid that after that nightclub shooting that the, that Obama at the time was going to ban AR 15s. And I'm like, you know what? We'll just, neither of us really have the money right now. We'll just put on our credit cards, the local um, field and stream where we had a buddy that worked there. Uh, we were going to go buy the Ruger five, five, six rifles. Yeah. Like, all right, we're gonna go right after work. Uh, they're on sale for 500 bucks a piece. We're all we're gonna go get them. And we got there, and he's like, "Yeah, no, dude, we we fucking sold out." I was like, "You gotta be shitting me!" He's like, "No, it's okay. We we got the M and P Sport Two in stock, and we're gonna put that on sale for the same price because we can't keep the other ones in stock." So, you know, I got an M and P Sport Two, and then I was like, "All right, well, like, sweet, you know, it's got the Magpul flip up sight." I'm like, yeah, "It's so badass, yeah, fuck yeah," you know. And uh, then I was like, all right, you know, looking at red dot videos, I started realizing like, holy shit, my optic would cost me more than this fucking rifle did. Yeah. Who the fuck has money for this? And for a while I was one of those guys that was like, I'm going to like, you know, crack the code and find that like super reliable budget red dot that, you know, and it doesn't really exist. Like it does to an extent, but it's like, it doesn't, you're not going to find a $50 red dot that is going to be what you want it to be. You know, um, you just won't, (laughs) you can look and, um, maybe get it secondhand from somebody. You got like a buddy or something. It's like, Hey, gently used and you trust him. (laughs) Maybe, um, but that's, you know, that's why I tell anybody that's, that starts getting into like, uh, I mean, a handgun's one thing you can learn how to run irons. You can be decent with that and you don't have to get into all this, but if you want to get into a good rifle and I use the term good relatively, you know, like, yeah not just a piece of crap, uh, you know, DPMS Panther or something from your local Dunham's or when Dick's used to sell, right. But, you know, get something halfway decent. Like you're, you know, I know T-Rex arms did a video about trying to buy it for like a thousand dollars and stuff. And it's like, you really, you got to understand you're just, you're getting what you pay for and that it's not, there's not a whole lot of immediate appreciation unless you've got some deep pockets. (laughs) And if you do, Hey man, fucking good for you. I, 110% 110% support you going out and spending five grand at once to get what you want. I think you should definitely do that if you can, but yeah. you know, yeah. you, you got to spend the money. Got to spend the money. And you know, Smith's get a bad rap or cause it's an entry level rifle. Like this is one thing that me, Jake, my business partner and Jeff from RDR Kydex, if you're familiar with RDR, yeah. Yeah. He just started following you today. Right. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen uh, Jeff stuff for a while and he does good work, man. Yeah. Jeff's Jeff's awesome. Me and him kind of fight like brothers. Uh, he's the villain in some of the gun stuff that we do. 
Yeah, the last um, one it looked like yeah the the cheap AR challenge. He's like, yeah, somebody sold this to me for three hundred dollars, and I was like, there ain't no fucking way you got that gun for three hundred dollars. He did, but it was because it was a bro deal, and he the guy probably bought it back from it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> again, cheating occurs. I'm the only one that follows the rules, and I've won three <laughs> times in a row. So, anyways, um, but Jeff, Jake, and I were talking about that quality, you know, kind of happy median. And at the end of the day, you need a gun. Um, and people may disagree with this and that's fine, but a hard day on the range or like, say you take a three day training course, right? You yep. shoot 800 to a thousand rounds with that. You're getting down on the ground, shooting around cover, whatever. If your guns, pistol or rifle can withstand a hard three days in training or a hard one day at the range of like 500 rounds, as long as you clean and maintain it, that same rifle in an oh shit scenario where you may mm-hmm. have to shoot five to 20 rounds. I hate the saying, but it's going to be just as good as my $3,000 Knights armament, right? Because yeah. I need it for this, this intended end use, right? People get into the apocalypse argument, which is different from this. Um, but I have a BCM that I bought for $1,300 back when they were $1,300. That gun has 24,000 rounds through it. Um, And I'm probably being conservative. I shot in one year, probably about 15,000 through that rifle. Jesus. Um, Oh, dude. It was 2017. I trained in like eight states with like nine different instructors. Like it was a a crazy year. Um, That's the dream, man. (laughs) That's the dream. Oh, dude. I'm still paying off that credit card. So don't make that your dream, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I'm no good point. Yeah. I'm not, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was rough. I went a little crazy. Yeah. But what I'm getting at with all this is that rifle for $1,300 performed better than my new Knights armament. I bought a new Knights and out of the box, it would not run. That's a $3,000 rifle Mm -hmm. that didn't shoot out of the box, which is a hard pill to swallow. Um, so what I'm getting at with all this is most people get it, you know, into the weeds with that. And it's like, well, I know if I ever got it in a shooting with my staccato, what average shooting is eight to 12 rounds from both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Total. Usually statistically anyway. Yeah. Statistically. And and then some people will say, well, we're not going with averages. Like, look, dude, I'm not in Afghanistan. I'm going to get groceries at Trader Joe's, man. Like, you know, um, but that gun will run. I've shot 500 rounds in one day with no issues. So I know it's good for at least 500, let alone 12, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's where as shooters and people with guns and gear, and I love all the Gucci stuff, trust me. But like at the end of the day, that gun needs to just perform, you know, a hard day yeah. at the range. Um, well, and that, and, and I think it, that even just speaks to a knowing your gear, right. Knowing limitations and that it actually will perform. Um, because yeah. while that staccato will run, it'll do everything you need to do. So will a Glock that costs less than half of it. You know, I mean, I took, yep. I've taken, I've only taken one class so far, like okay. ever. And, um, it was in August is a carbine two course, you know, and it was great. Awesome With time. Who? Great instructor. What's that? With who? Um, it was through, uh, Ann Arbor arms here in okay. Michigan. Um, Robbie Torres was the, the head instructor there. Um, okay. solid dude really enjoyed the class, but, um, and I, and I, I did an episode talking about the class and I kind of felt bad because I felt like I was kind of ragging on the one guy who just had just issue after issue. Yeah. Um, 
and he had a real uh super nice dude. His name was Dana. He had a, a nice rifle. I think I can't remember the BD defense or something like that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a 10 and a half or 11 and a half inch gun. He had a can on it and everything like solid. I mean, dude Newton knows how to shoot and everything, but um, I don't, I, I don't know if he was just borrowing the suppressor from them, like while it's in a suppressor jail or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he went to go run our first drill, which was just like a ready up, you know, uh, understanding height over bore and stuff. And uh, was having um, ejection issues <clears throat> because he didn't have a heavy enough uh, buffer spring, you know? So yep. uh, once one of the guys in the class talked talk to him was like, Hey man, I got an extra spring here. Swap the saw. Here's an H2 buffer. Cool. Then no problems. And then poor guy, like an hour and a half later, his safety selector broke. Uh, and then he had to have that fixed. So then he actually packed a second rifle with him. So he went to go pull that out. It didn't have a force forward on it. And like, we got to the end of class, we're running like, not really like competition sequences, but just like a, a course of fire type drill. And, um, he, you know, he, everyone's talking shit, right? It's the end of the class. Yeah. We're running the timer and stuff, having a good time. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, fuck you, whatever. And, you know, case of beer, all that. And he gets that starting line buzzer goes off and just click because his, his bolt wasn't seated all the way forward. And it's like, you know, poor guy, man. But I mean, it just, it shows you, you know, you need to understand your gear. You need to understand what your limitations are. Like I had, I think two issues that day and they were both magazines. Like one yeah. was just, a, I just had to, you know, uh, you know, tap rack and then, uh, one double feed at the beginning of the class, you know, both just magazine issues and mine again, it's like half palmetto parts, you know? So, yeah. um, understanding, you know, how that all works together is a, a big part of, you don't need to necessarily have the name brand shit. I mean, would yeah. I like to, yes. Will I eventually? Yes. Um, but I think it's important that people realize like, it's not a, it's not a slight that you don't have. The, yeah. the extra expensive stuff. Um, I think it kind of needs to be tempered with, okay, now don't go out and buy seven more guns that are yeah. of equal quality, save up and buy one gun that is of, uh, that is of that, you know, greater quality that you're trying to achieve and just be happy with that. You know, yeah. um, I never really did understand some guys are like, Oh, I gotta have to, you know, I got a nine millimeter. Now I need to buy a 40. I need to buy a 45. I'm like, Why? You know, I mean, like if you really want to cool, man, like more guns is great. Um, I personally hate 40 and I own one 45 and that's just cause it's a 1911. And I feel like as an American, you should own a 1911. <laughs> it's just, it's America's gun and you should have one. And yeah, Two world story. Wars. yeah exactly. And I, 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 poor thing. It's like a rock Island. It's, it's cheap, you know, whatever. It's hey. fun as fuck to shoot. Honestly, yeah. they're great. The trigger, even on that piece of crap it is just great you know like compared to like yeah. a block trigger or like a factory smith and wesson trigger but you know i mean yeah you don't necessarily have to have the fanciest shit again the knowledge is what's going to get you through you know nine out of ten times more than the quality of the gear just carrying you yeah yeah and it's it's that happy medium of like knowledge and cheap shit yeah. like trying to find a good little little middle ground and like Smith's a great entry-level rifle, man. I mean, you could throw a Midwest Industries rail on that with M-Lock, and it looks badass, dude. Like, yeah. you switch out the original end, you know, still use the Delta ring, throw that on there, mount some shit to it. Looks great, dude. Um, Colt 6920s, you know, back in the day, old-school 6920s. Dude, look up torture tests on those guns someday. They ran forever. For dude, those sh that shit would catch on fire, and they'd still put a mag in and pull the trigger. Like, 
great rifles for six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Now, um, is that can you say is that something you guys are going to be doing in the future now that Colt is no longer is owned by CZ? Because yeah. I've heard and I and I don't know, I haven't really talked to anybody that shot one, but I've heard that since the um, the acquisition, whatever you want to call it, that the Colt reliability has not exactly been there. Um, there have been issues with. The AR, the AR platform stuff. And I think I, I read somewhere that the, the because they re- released the Python, right? And I heard that that had issues as well. Yeah, I can't speak to any of that. I just assumed out the gate, CZ makes great guns. But when you're a subsidiary and buy out a big company, like logistically, it, it probably becomes very tough. Um, man, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I don't know anything about those issues, but I, I am not surprised if there's issues that occur. Cause again, they acquired yeah. this giant monster of a company. They're going to do shit their way. Cause they probably think it's better, which some stuff may be better, which is why CZ is operating, you know, in the black and doing real well. Yeah. Um, but don't take away that component that got Colt into the game with the reliability. Well, right. right. And on things like revolvers and ARs, which CZ semi-automatic pistols is where they made their bread and butter you know at least to the best of my knowledge they never really did an ar platform rifle you know i know the brand and everything but that's it's different different you know um so they've had experience with rifles just not not the ar platform you know i mean so yeah to your point if it's not broken you know don't don't fuck with it right yeah leave it be and let let colt do what colt does but um i have heard that that they just kind of like lost a step and maybe it's just a transition, you know, that's, that's causing those issues, but you know, those, those things did, they, they were great. The, the older ones are awesome. That's why they still, even now like police trading guns go for more than a brand new, uh, MMP sport two does yeah. because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to keep going. You're yeah. going to get what you're asking for it. And that's where that happy median is too. Cause there's like entry level guns. Like there's a, uh, company out of Texas, uh, I remember the name. I don't know if we want to say it. I don't want to get any heat or anything, but like a full AR is like $400 and people are stoked on that. And I'm like, bro, but to be completely honest, like a $400 AR, like what, are, what corners are they cutting to get? It start, to yeah. Product? You start to ask questions like, all right, where did you save that $300? Everyone else is charging. Like, yep. You know, I mean, a sale is a sale, but if your MSRP is for like, is it a polymer lower? Cause those blow up, <laughs> right? You yeah. Know, like, um, you know, or is it, are you just using, you know, cheap shitty pot metal on your internals or, or, or what, you know what I mean? Like it has to come, it has to come from somewhere, you know? Yeah. And, and again, I think it's just like the, the financial side we were talking about earlier. People don't really, they just see the face value for what it is. And they're like, fuck yeah, that's for me. And it's like, yeah, but you don't really understand what you're getting yourself into here because then Again, that $400 rifle turns itself into a $1,700 rifle when it blows up and you have to replace it with something decent, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of should just maybe saved your money a little bit, bought something a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And so then my brain goes the other route to where, you know, I, I shoot a D, probably far more than your average shooter, but that's because of YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, even when I got into guns, I, I like went full bore and I dedicated... Like I would live in poverty so I could train just cause, uh, that I just fell in love with it, you know, like yeah. just loved it. And so then the argument too is, you know, 
those entry level things, this, uh, the head armor for psionics back in the day told me this. He's like, what if your budget build that you're like, yeah, I just train with it and it's good for training. What if you take a wrong turn coming home from the range and then that gun turns into the gun you actually need to like save your life with? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, then you might be happier or peace of mind wise knowing, hey, I spent that extra two, $300 on a quality gun that has a good track record that, hey, if I'm just training, it works great. But in the off chance that there's civil unrest, which we all saw. Um, yeah. Not so much of an off chance anymore. Is. It's more of like a when is it going to happen type deal, Yeah, unfortunately. It's not if, it's when, you know, and, yeah. and heaven forbid that happens. Um, you know, I think when we first get into training, everyone's like, at least me, I was like, dude, I'd want to maybe, you know, test my skills, like, you know, get zombie apocalypse coming. You talk to guys that deploy and actually like, you know, gotten gunfights. That's the last thing I want to do, man. Like, yeah, heaven forbid I ever have to do that. Um, but that's why we train and we're prepared and get gear that we know we can depend our life on. So if that happens, you know, we're ready for it. So, right. Evan forbid, forbid. that's, that's the kind of thing. It always just kills me because we, you always get those people that either they aren't necessarily malicious and just don't know and understand, or the people that are just straight up anti-gun that, and and I've gotten it before. Why do you think you need to carry a gun? Are you, you know, Oh, you must want to go out and shoot somebody or you're planning on going out and shooting someone because you left the house with a gun. You know, like I had a buddy that was talking to me about the Rittenhouse case and he's a good dude, solid guy and everything. And I, I knew where he was coming from. He's saying, well, the, the kid went out there with a rifle, with an AR-15. You, you know, he's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm going hunting. I have a gun. I'm planning to shoot deer. You know, if he was going out there with a rifle, he's planning to shoot someone. I'm like, I get what you're trying to say, man. I understand. But that you can't think that way because then it's almost like you start getting in that uh, minority report shit with Tom, you know, that movie with Tom Cruise where it's like, well, you know, anybody with a gun is, uh, you know, by that logic, you have intent to go use it. So you, we can prosecute, right? You don't have to do anything. You just have to step out of the house with it. That's, you're just starting to get into a real, you know, nasty kind of, yeah. So you know, I, and I get why people think that be, and I think it's because in general, not necessarily this, this guy I was talking with, but you know, people that just don't know firearms, it's like a fear thing. It's, uh, the media and them being really good at pushing disinformation. Um, and it's, you know, you just don't know. So you just, you, you kind of go with the herd mentality, which unfortunately right now is just to blame the firearms. They're the issue. And it's like, well, no, I mean, um, I had a coworker talk to me about it. I go, I don't treat my firearm. When I leave the house. I don't treat it as a weapon. It's not to me. It's not a sword to me. It's a shield. It's what I use to stop somebody else from inflicting evil intent or their will on me. I don't, you know, I, I could be at Walmart. Somebody starts shooting up the place. I'm going to go looking for this dude. All right. My job is to get my wife and myself out of there, you know, or whoever I'm with. That's the priority. That's, it's not that you know vigilantism or anything like that it's it's just it's weird that that's the perception you know is like oh you want to go out you want to get in gunfights you want to get in engagements or whatever and it's like no man that's i'm scared as shit to ever have to even pull out that firearm and 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 think about it you know and then people well then why do you have it like the same reason you have insurance on your car just in case pretty much i mean really yeah I, you know, I got a fire extinguisher in the house, not because I'm planning on setting my house on fire. Exactly. But because shit happens, you know, Well, and help is 10 to 15 minutes away. And 
So I worked in, in a gun shop at the height of COVID, like, you know, liberals, conservatives, everyone's buying guns. Right. And, uh, this lady comes in and she's like been anti-gun my whole life. Never, you know, never allowed my husband to buy a gun, which right there is a red flag. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't do things cause my wife doesn't want me to, I do it out of respect for her, but I'll do whatever the hell I want. Just like she will. Cause we're adults, you know? Yeah. And we'll make the yeah. consequences afterwards, but you, you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. And she's like, you, you need to convince me that we need a gun today. And I was like, Ooh, wrong guy. Cause I'm not going to do that. I'm going to present facts to you and you make your choice. And the example I gave her, you know, very petite woman. She's probably five, one, five, two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm six, four and two eighty. So I said, I break into your house and I don't mean to get, you know, maybe too aggressive with you, but I will rape and murder you within eight minutes, steal all your shit. And cops are still four minutes out. So like what yeah. evens the odds between someone your size and someone my size. And she's like, well, a gun. And I'm like, say that louder, <laughs> say yeah. it louder. You know, like here we are. Yeah. My wife is, uh, my wife's disabled. She's in a wheelchair and, uh, you know, I got, I got a canine and a bunch of other stuff and security system, the whole nine. But at the end of the day, the only thing that evens the playing field for a woman against a man, my size and a disabled woman and a man, my size is a gun, dude. It's, it's, yeah. it's math and heaven forbid that ever happens. But I'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, and and you know, when uh, when I was dating my wife, she lived on her own, and um, I very distinctly, and I think I've, I've probably told this story a couple times on the podcast, but she lived on her own. She was twenty one, maybe maybe twenty two, and uh, <clears throat> she called me like ten thirty at night. It was a work night, you know. I'm like, okay, I mean, not not like unheard of for her to call, but I'm like, okay, what's up and. She's like, I can hear the people in the unit above me. They're fighting. This lady's screaming for help. Mm. You know, I, she's screaming for police. I'm like, all right, well, hang up the phone and maybe not call 911 or maybe do. I don't know. I don't even remember specifics of that. It's like, call somebody. But I remember after that, like the next day, I'm like, we're going to get a gun. You're going to get a gun. At that point, I already owned two or three. But I was like, you're going to go buy one for yourself. We don't live together yet. That's the shit that's going on. Like, you need to get a gun. You need to go take your CPL course. And then you and I are going to work on some stuff. We're going to dry fire. We're going to, we're going to talk about this. And, um, turns out she, she loves shooting. Unfortunately, I did allow her for her first gun purchase. She did buy a Springfield, you know, um, XD. So I know cringe. I was like, (laughs) she really liked, she really liked it and everything. Um, so I was like, all right, you know what? You're the one that's got to use it and carry it. So ultimately, you know, I, I will say though that the beginning of this year when we got that stimulus check, she went and bought a Glock. So, you know, everything, it's all good. We yeah. got there eventually. We just kind of took the long way around. Hey, um, all good. That, but I mean, yeah, realistically, people that uh, don't have a gun or have never wanted to have one because they think that it's, they're somehow above it. It's like, you know, it's got a lot less to do with personal character than you might think. <laughs> it really yeah. comes down to some uh, simple physics. And that, you know, my wife, we've had some pretty in-depth talks. She doesn't feel she could live with herself, even if a bad guy broke in and she shot and killed him. Yeah. Um, And that's fine. Hey, that's a bummer for me. I'll find another wife. It'll work out. It'll be all right. But, (laughs) you know, I'm like, the option is here if you want it. Now, when COVID and the, or sorry, when the riots happened with George Floyd, 
it was May, May 31st of last year. The yep. reason I know is because I was in Utah filming and May 31st is my birthday. Well, Jeez. riots start popping off and she's like, Hey, when do you come back? And yep. I'm like, in like two or three days. And she's like, no, you're coming back tonight. And I was like, okay, you know, okay. like we'll make it happen. So we literally filmed from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I drove in my truck and got to Phoenix at 6 a.m. the following day. So, you know, after that, she's been like, hey, I should probably go shooting with you here and there. Yep. I should probably know, you know, how to how to do this and that. And then uh, we just got a little corgi puppy during COVID. Oh, nice. Yeah. COVID. Pump. And, uh, you know, I, I have a Malinois. She's bite trained, works around firearms the whole nine. But we got this little corgi puppy. And I was like, you know, imagine if people were trying to kill the puppy. <laughs> like, you know, she's like, oh, I'll fucking kill him. I'm like, have you ever okay. seen the movie John Wick? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, and, you know, it's, it's everyone's, I have liberal friends that, don't understand the gun thing. Don't understand why I'm into it, which is fine. But with the defund the police thing, which they were all on board for last year, they wanted to pick my brain a lot. Cause I tried for 10 years to get on a police department. I can't pass a polygraph, man. I get <laughs> so nervous. I pop for everything. So, really? Oh dude, it, I get so nervous. And so they were asking me my opinion on it. And one of them specifically, I was like, well, you, you realize that I shoot more in a month than your average cop will shoot like in two or three years. Yeah. She was like, what? And I'm like, you didn't know that? And she's like, no, I thought like they shoot like that's why they shoot people. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh no, little one, let me explain to you budget. And like, oh, yeah. I, I explained it all to her and she was like, so you as a civilian out train, probably out shoot out work cops and i'm like i mean yeah, i'm not I mean, saying i'm not saying definitely but i mean i shoot a lot and cops don't because they don't have the budget or the it. time or both and you know and that's one of the things i had that discussion with friends too again liberal friends that they they think that that and i'm not saying that we don't have issues with with police officers right. in some instances right. you mean there's good and bad people in every job you know yep. but um, you know, we don't need all that. Just like the people that bitch about defense spending. It's like, well, have you ever looked at what it costs to actually buy some of this stuff? And, you know, I don't, I don't usually try and tackle that one because it gets to be such an in-depth conversation, but you know, the defund the police thing, like, all right, you know, and cause we're, we're all friends and I, I have a couple friends that are in law enforcement that they would know too. And I go, you know, um, they have to go to HR training just like you do, right? You got to go to sensitivity training once a year or twice a year to make sure everybody knows not to offend each other. You're entitled to your, your hour lunch every day. You're entitled to your time off and PTO. Um, I have a very good friend of mine who's in law enforcement who just had a kid. So, Hey, he's on uh, paternity leave right now. You know, all that stuff adds up. And then you got to look at you're getting paid and your benefits that whole time. In addition to that, then you want to send them away for a three-day class to learn how to shoot a carbine better, or you want to send them to a centrifuge so they can learn how to not die in a cop car. Someone A has to pay for that. You're paying the police officers to be there for the training. You're paying for the police officers who are out patrolling while they're at training. You know, there's, it's not just a, well, they just have too much money to play with. And it's like, mm, I really kind of question where you're, you're getting your data from. If you think that, and I'm not saying that some departments maybe don't have a surplus, maybe they do. 
However, yeah. I think that the vast majority in this country um, have been on budget cuts for the last 25, 30 years. Um, yep. Basically, since we got into the Clinton administration, they started kind of cutting back on you know gun control you know policies. They started cutting back on uh, all these public uh, services, other than you know obviously giving out more free money every year. But um, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you gotta you put it in perspective. There's a lot of there's a lot of everyday Joes that that, that shoot more than a lot than most police officers. Um, yeah. Cause they got other stuff to worry about. You got to do your paperwork, right? You got to worry about doing your investigative shit. So you don't get brought up on charges yourself. Um, you know, I mean, and, and hell that's, that's just shooting. Let's not even get into things. Like if you wanted to do hand on hand training, um, you know, cause that's oh, there has to be non-lethal options. Well, that knowledge doesn't just matriculate its way into your brain. Like you got to go learn from somebody, you know, yeah. you, that's, and that, and in my opinion, I think is even more difficult because, you have to go to the gym. You have to work out. You have to stay fit. You got to eat right, which costs way more money than eating not right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and yeah, I just, I, it's, I think that people it, it, with better education around the firearm, I guess not even just firearms, just the culture that comes into things yeah. like being prepared, shooting, whatever, even if you don't own a gun, even if you just decide it's not for you, an enhanced understanding of the situation, I think would go a long way for a lot of people. And then, I mean, ultimately, I think more people just say, I'm going to buy a gun. I just want to understand. I want to know. I want to be able to defend myself. I mean, I, I, I would like to think that that's how that would work. Yeah. After last year, you know, working in a gun store, you know, near the tail end of last year, beginning of this year, people were coming in like, Hey, I'm, I want to sell the gun that I bought from you guys back to you. And I'd be like, okay, why is that? Oh, well, I, I didn't need it. So, you know, I want my money back and I'm like, okay. So you think society's just done rioting? Mm. Two, when you sell back to a gun store, you lose about 60% with taxes, paperwork, market, Oh, just like driving a new car off the lot. As soon as you leave that lot, you, you depreciate like 30% just by, by leaving the property. So yeah, you know, it's not like, it's not a rental, bro. You don't get your money back. (laughs) Yeah. And people get pissed. They're like, I I haven't even shot it. I'm like, the second, second, well, true. The second (laughs) you step out that door, it's considered a used firearm. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. And anyways, tangent here, but people just, you know, want simple solutions and simple answers and nothing in life is that simple. And especially when you add writing civil unrest and the fact that like no one's in charge of my security and personal safety, but me, yeah. like doesn't matter. Personal accountability is. is huge. And I think and as a society, right. It's just, we get further and further away from that. And I think that's yeah. pretty much the problem. So well, that's what we have police for. No, we don't. You, you took away half their funding. They're, they're 15, 20 minutes away. So who's going to protect you? And it's like, once you can kind of get down that road, people start answering their own questions and it gets back to that original point of, so would you like to buy a gun today, ma'am? Yeah. Right. And it's like, yep. Now, yeah, now it makes sense. Now I want to. Yeah. So, and I think that that's a huge part of like what either directly or, or indirectly that you guys do with 1911 syndicate, just the education piece is huge. People need to understand what they're getting into, um, as well as have like a, I don't hate using the term safe space, but a safe resource or something to go to, to answer these questions. Cause you know, I mean, it it does suck. You know, I mean, I, I bought my first gun. 
my brother bought his uh, Glock 43. I was like, dude, that's what I want on a Glock, man. And I, I'd never shot anything before. Yeah. My firearms knowledge was pretty specific to that scene in um, U.S. Marshals where Tommy Lee Jones tells Robert Downey that he can fill a Glock with sand and it'll still shoot. And I was like, yep. fuck yeah, that's what I need. And I got sold an MP shield instead. You know, but it's like, you have, you have questions. You don't want to seem like you're an idiot. So like you're always apprehensive to ask, or at least I was, I don't even, I have no shame in telling that story. Like I didn't want to seem like less of a man. Cause I didn't know about a firearm. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I know Smith. I've heard Smith and Weston. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'll get, yeah, let's do it. Instantly regretted it. I was like, I should have bought a Glock, you know? So having a place where people can come to get those answers or, you know, just to immerse themselves, you yeah. know, in that and like, Hey, maybe a scar isn't for me. I thought it was. And then I watched the video and now I don't want one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or maybe you do. I, I don't know. I mean, more power to you for what they are. I personally, I don't want one, but it's nice yeah. to be able to look at what you guys do and say, okay, this is what I learned from this. This is what they could tell me about it. This is what, you know, Chris went through. It doesn't make sense for me Yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, you know? And that's, you know, it's, it's, fuels our business but also like working in gun stores if someone comes in that is not knowledgeable you can tell off the bat that they're a little uncomfortable and most gun stores i'll be completely honest dude the guys behind the counter are fucking assholes man and oh yeah, yeah i've been in gun stores i worked in gun stores on and off for 10 years like a month ago i went to a gun store here in phoenix not a person said a word to me for 45 minutes mm, 45 yeah. minutes and like I understand with the way I look, they're probably like, oh, that guy knows guns. But like assuming that is not okay. But also plenty of people when I worked in gun stores were like, wow, you're like really nice. Like the other gun store, the guy was short and kind of an asshole. And I felt (laughs) like I was wasting his time. And dude, the gun industry deserves that rap because they've earned it. Oh yeah. Um, It's, it's, it's definitely been a lot of years and it's all, it's the old guy. And in my experience, anyways, it's the old guys. They carry those old, uh, fuck the old like the all metal smith and wessons uh yep. who can ever remember all the numbers for the model but or a 1911 you know and yep. you know leather galco holsters and shit They're like oh you don't want that you you know and it's like you know once you do find somebody that can actually help you with this stuff it's it's nice to be able to come back to that resource i mean i we had a local gun shop here they were unfortunately they they went under because they just couldn't compete you know um yeah but super nice, all kinds of questions. Uh, yeah, if you buy, if you bought the the part through them, they would install it for free type thing. Like yeah. they'd sit there. I hung out with the guy for like a bunch of different Saturday mornings and like watched him install it, or I installed it and he helped me and stuff. And yeah, I think that you know that's where you start to build that confidence and that comfort, you know, and that's huge. Like, and I I only went back to them, and then yeah. they closed. I'm like, well, fuck. Now where am I going to go for all this shit I want to spend money on? You know, and yeah. and it's it sucks because honestly, I've not found like that next, you know, local gun shop for me. You know, I I thought I did and they fucked up the work that they did on my Glock on my trigger. Um, so I don't really go back to them and it's like, you know, it's tough and you want to have that, that positive experience. And I think that that needs to be a bigger focus if we're going to expand this community, right. To bring in new people. And, you know, it's gotta be, a fun time shooting and a fun experience buying a gun and a fun time learning about it. You know, don't give the, the fucking new person a Colt Python or something like, yeah, go ahead and shoot this. You'll fucking love it. And then you just laugh at them. Like, 
don't be an asshole, man. Give them like a nine millimeter full-size gun, show them how to hold it, show them how to stand, show them, you know, what's going to happen and everything and make it a positive experience. Yep. Yeah. It's well, and that's, what's funny too, because people are like, we got to stand up for our rights and like, you know, we got to be a community. It's like, dude, why would I want to be a part of this as an outsider? Like exactly. Which part of this is is attractive. (laughs) Exactly. And then, and then, you know, Jake and I are very upfront on the channel, hundred percent civilians. All the stuff we learned is from cool guys. And uh, we all started there too. At one point I was the guy in the gun store that didn't know shit like that. We all got to start somewhere. So when I, when I'm talking with new shooters or like friends that are getting into it, you know, liberal friends that are starting to buy guns, like we start basic and there's no question you can ask that's unacceptable. Like, let's just start, start at the bottom and go from there. And one cool thing I have noticed is, are you familiar with superior defense? I am not. Okay. So it's kind of a small niche, uh, limited edition drop stuff. They, they make gear and, you know, uh, rifle cases and stuff, but it's just like a bunch of dudes like our age who like grew up skating who grew up watching all the global war on terror stuff, who grew up watching Call of Duty and playing Call of Duty, that enjoy guns. And we we understand the serious side of it, but also the fun side of it. And yeah. it, you know, like you said, the older guys in gun stores are starting to get pushed out by guys our age, you know, starting gun stores and like working in gun stores. And I think honestly, in 10 years, the gun industry will be very different because it's going to be a bunch of people that like get along with everyone that enjoy it as a hobby. And they're not mm-hmm. like, you know, Hey, my grandpa's 1911 is the best, you know, like it's, it's, it's interesting. And then you get people like, you know, GBRS. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are yeah. awesome. So, you know, Slade, uh, they're no longer together. Right. But right. Slade, Slade is like a straight up surfer dude from Hawaii and uh, got into the teams, had a phenomenal career. He's still that surfer dude but now a former seal. Right. And so like his tattoo work and like skating and all that culture that is being brought into the gun industry, I think is, is going to help with making it more accessible to different audiences. Right. Yeah. No. And I think those guys do a good job with their content and their information. I mean, it, it, it helps a lot that they give out, you know, that information while still being, I mean, relatively approachable. I think one of their, um, videos it's like i don't know three minutes and it's just them walking through carbine setups and the one guy is you yep just got a vortex red dot on here nothing special and it's like i ever watched that i was like hey i have one of those you know and it's like for somebody who's looking and getting into this it's one of those like reassuring moments where you're like hey maybe i don't have to have quite everything that's super top of the line and maybe i'm just i'm okay to you know have something that's not quite you know top tier you know and and, and, you know, and they make it easily digestible too. You know, I think that was one of the tough things when I started learning about this stuff was like, you know, looking at uh, different rounds and, th- you know, ballistic coefficient and, you know, and ballistic <laughs> drop and ballistic calculators. And I'm like, all right, you know, pause video, start Google searching what the hell this means. And it's like, turns out you don't really need to know any of that for like a very long while when yeah. you get into shooting, like most of that stuff will not come into play until you you'll, you'll know when you want, when you need to understand that and upfront, you just, you don't. Um, yeah. and again, it comes back. Those same guys are like, here, shoot this Colt Python. It'll be fucking hilarious. Are the same guys that want to talk to you about why you need to shoot this gun over this gun because of all these different statistics and, you know, muzzle velocities. And it's like, 
you know, you can find a more approachable way to say like, Hey, you want a faster round. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and that gets the point of, Oh, I want something faster. Oh, okay. Why? Yeah. Like, well, cause this, this, and this, Oh, okay. Perfect. What would that be? An AR 15. Oh, okay. Perfect. And that's a, a three minute conversation that you didn't have to make them feel like a fucking idiot for not knowing what's yeah. going on. They understand they want to know more. It's a positive interaction. There you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's it. It's, it's unfortunate that some people are so kind of rude about it. Um, because, you know, golden rule treat others how you'd like to be treated. Right. Flip it around. If I was a guy coming in a gun store, I'm intimidated. I'm nervous. I'm not into this. There's dudes that look like me, you know, tattoos, beard, you know, big guys. There's bullets over here. Like, dude, it's intimidating. Yeah. And then you're going to be an asshole on top of it. Well, that's like, just well, one, yeah, I'm going to go vote anti-gun now because yeah. my experience at a gun store, the guy's an asshole. I didn't like guns to begin with. I'll just vote anti-gun now. And it's and like, that's, that's my issue with some of the, the, I mean, I say this as somebody who technically is, I think an influencer on social media. I don't consider it's so weird, huh? I, it's so weird. I don't identify myself as an influencer. <laughs> Same, um, same. But you get some of these guys that are like, you know, and they just want to shit all over dudes. And it's like, well, if it's on EOTech, if it's on Aimpoint, like, dude, it's trash. You know, you really, um, I mean, I won't name any specifics, but there's some fairly prominent dudes that are like, they just want to shit on guys for asking about budget stuff. And th- there's that line you got to walk like, hey, man, you can do just fine with this, this, and this, as long as you understand that you're going to have some limitations. Um, my recommendation would be, hey, just don't save up a little bit more money. If you want to have it right now, if you just got to man, then here's, you know, minimum acceptable. And you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, again, the one class I went through the guy that some of the guys that shot the best were the ones with like a hollow sun red dot. And, yeah. you know, uh, the one dude who, who was running an EOTech, everything, not that great. You know, I mean, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. It's like, you know, it doesn't make you a better person overall yeah. or anything. It doesn't even make you a better shooter. It just means that your gear is more reliable. Yeah. You know, that's all it means. Um, yeah. You know, so I that's think as a, a, as a community, that's something that we need to get past. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's happening, you know, and I yeah. certainly, I, I think that you guys do a good job of hitting both ends of that, right. The budget end and Thank you know, you. the, the higher end type stuff. Cause it's fun. Yeah. Like I would love to buy a staccato. I probably realistically won't. <laughs> just because they can't like justify spending the money on it you know but it looks awesome like yeah fuck yeah i want one you know yeah i mean um i don't have it here so no i do yeah so my staccato so glock 19 right Mm -hmm. i mean basically the go-to firearm for everyone i my staccato i bought like two or three months ago um I had only bought Glock for 10 years, man. I mean, that's it. Uh, 19X, 17s, you know, uh, several 19s. I got a 43. I've had them all. Um, and I'd always get shit at this gun store because they carried like Nighthawks and, you know, some badass 2011s. Yeah. And they'd be like, Chris, like, you need a better gun. And I'm like, well, I shoot just as good as you guys with this. And my my little uh, stake in the in the heart would always be, Google a picture of Delta, any Delta Force picture currently, mm-hmm. they are carrying a Glock. Glock. I promise yeah. you. And so when people would give me shit for that, I'd be like, well, when Delta stops using it, I guess I'll find something else too. And that's a pretentious, I'm kind of being an asshole, but at the end of the day, 
you know, this, this $2,000 gun is not going to shoot nearly as well as someone who's put 30,000 rounds to a 19 who knows where the trigger breaks, who has trained all day, every day on it. Right. Exactly. Your learning yeah. curve is quicker on this for sure. But like at the end of the day, like the dudes that actually go do cool shit for a living. Like if, if a 19 with iron sights is good for them, it's good for me. Cause the chances of me ever using this are very slim. Exactly. Know? Exactly. So it's, it's an ego thing and it's a, it's a need to be like the cool guy and have the cool guy stuff. And dude, I was that guy for a long time. I probably still am. I love all the Gucci shit. We've said this like two or three times, now. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, do you know who Mike Pannon is? I've heard of that name. Yeah. So he was a force recon Marine and then went to Delta um, and served there for a long time. Mike instructs now out of Tucson, Arizona, just South of me. And he posted a video the other day and he's got some Gucci guns, some really nice stuff. And he was like, people may not like this. I don't really fucking care. I don't care what gun you have or what the setup is or anything. If you can run it and you can run it well, good on you. It's good enough for me. And I'm like, damn it, dude. Yep. That's, that's amazing. Cause when you start meeting guys like that too, like uh, Jason, the tier one dude we had on, he, uh, He's not really like a gun nut. Like he was the lead for the 416 project, but like he, it was a job for him, which is very interesting and a little hard to unwrap our brains around. But <laughs> as guys like, that are so focused on that part of it, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's like, I enjoy the gun stuff, but he's like, it was a job for me. You know, they well, gave me the tool. Yeah. And people don't understand too. And when you start talking to some of those guys, I mean, like the, the guys at Fieldcraft talk about it a lot and everything is shooting is like a part of what they do because their overall job involves so much else. And it's like, yeah, but you spend the rest of the time, you're learning communications, you're learning, um, you know, how to build relationships with indigenous people and indigenous forces. And you're learning how to work on cars and how to weld and, and, you know, and, you know, the field craft guys, a bunch of them were were green berets. So, you know, they're more of a long-term element than like a seal would be. But um, even, and, and even to that point, it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's just shooting's a small piece of that. It's not the do all end all. And one of the things that we try talking about a lot here is just be well-rounded. You don't have to be a firearms master. You know, one of the things I actually tried focusing on or have focused on for this past year really have been to expand beyond just firearms. You know, I got my, I got my ham radio license yeah, worked on that, yeah. getting that set up, spending more time learning how to do na- land navigation, you know, learning how to um, hunt and track. Well, some tracking, not so much hunting. Cause I, I'll be honest. It just, me in the cold, I, it doesn't bother me, but like, I just talked to my buddy and he, he's like, yeah, I spent 11 hours outside. And I was like, it, it was 40 degrees where I was at in Cleveland, bro. Uh, 11 hours in Northern Michigan sounds real fucking shitty. I'm going to be honest with you, you know? So, but like learn how to do that stuff. Cause I'll, I mean, ultimately that's probably going to get you a lot f- further than, than the firearms training will. I mean, realistically, medical training, um, stuff like that is going to carry you a lot farther, or at the very least, it's going to complement what you know how to do with the firearms. And it's like, you need to know a little bit of everything to be well-rounded and be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the medical portion is huge. And I'm glad that people are harping on that a little bit more. Um, and again, self-admittedly, there's times where I was like, man, fuck the medical shit. That's boring. Like I want to learn how to shoot, you know, Yeah. but statistically the chances are there. I, uh, 
I was driving to a training course. Uh, if you're familiar with Chris Costa. Yep. Oh yeah. So me and Jake did a private course with him two and a half years ago. Driving there, I had a full medical kit in my bag and I, I have some medical training and uh, was going to school to be a physical therapist. So like, you know, medical medicine stuff I enjoy. Yeah. Well, right. You know, 10 cars behind me, a dude on a motorcycle got rear-ended, launched in oncoming traffic and bad, bad, bad. Oh yeah. Grab my medical kit. First guy there. And, uh, you know, I, long story short, the guy ended up living and, uh, I didn't think I really did anything. I was like, I I don't know. You know, I cut his shirt off. I cleared his airway, like did everything you're supposed to. Right. EMS came, they took it from there. Well, my dad works in the medical field and I told him the whole situation. He's like, dude, you saved that guy's life. And I'm like, no, no, he, you know, someone would have helped. He's like, no dude, like that guy was dying. And at the end of the day, I didn't need a gun in that situation. Nope. (laughs) But how many traffic accidents do you see a day? Oh, I mean, it's hard to leave the house without seeing something, even just a fender bender. I mean, people still get hurt in those obviously not as severely, but I mean, you know, talk about leaving in the house with your, I don't leave the house without my gun. Well, do you leave the house without your medical kit? Like mine, I have one that lives in my car. Like I'm fortunate enough that we have a, like a, a, a sponsor partner here with the prepared mindset, you know, my medic. Um, so I have one of their, my fat kits that lives in my car. Um, yeah. so then, you know, the wife and I went down to Cleveland for the weekend to go see Burt Kreischer. We have oh, yeah. one of those in her car. Um, I have one of their EDC medic kits that just, and it's basic stuff, you know, it's a gauze, a chest seal and a rat tourniquet, but you have it. And that's going to cover a large percentage of like major issues that you run into. I mean, even if you don't have the training, if you have the supplies there, that's a big step in the right direction. And, and to your point, I am happy to see that, that it's starting to gain traction in the community and it's starting to be like one of those, uh, one of those cool guy things, you know, to, uh, carry a tourniquet with you and, um, you know, like Grantham said it, and that it kind of stuck me too. If you have the ability to create holes, you should be able to to plug holes as well. So, yep. um, tourniquet doesn't really do that. It, it just stops the bleed. But it, I mean, the points the points there. You know, so um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm happy that, to see that everything's moving that way. Same, same. And I need to get on that my medic kit and order some stuff because my uh, I just need some my facts for my vehicle, like you said, and for some other things. So I'll definitely uh, definitely need to check them out and order some stuff because you can never have too much and get medical training, man. Like there's, there's so many resources out there now. Um, so many guys host T triple C classes and all that other stuff. And I got a buddy here who's done some content with us. We did a T triple C kind of like entry level Mm -hmm. and he he wants to do some more. And, uh, that's on my list for next year. I have a same buddy that I was talking to that was hunting this past weekend. Um, I met at one of his get togethers, a friend of theirs, who's a certified T triple C instructor. Yeah. that's it. As soon as the turn of the calendar hits, like I am going to bug you until we, we get this set up. Cause everybody can use that. I mean, your yep. children to some extent can, can learn that kind of stuff and it can be yeah. hugely beneficial. So, yeah. But, yeah, um, I mean, you uh, know, it's, it's one of those things that I think people just overlook because it, it's, Oh, that's not sexy. I ain't learned how to use a gun. Like, eh. I mean, yeah, you do, but yeah. you also need to learn how to do some of these other things. And, and, and be competent at those skills as well. Yeah. And let's go worst case scenario, right? Um, bad guy breaks into your house. He shoots off a couple rounds. You shoot off a couple rounds, take him out, look over and your wife's got a hole in her. Right. So you saved your wife's life by killing this guy, but then you're slowly going to let her bleed out. Cause you were too prideful to get some medical training. Like, dang, man, 
I don't know yeah. how I'd sleep at night. That's a rough way to go. Yeah, I don't. You don't really want. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, well, I, no, I saved us, and then I kind of killed us. I, I, I saved kinda, us, sorta, <laughs> kinda, you know. And uh, heaven forbid any of that. Obviously, disclaimer: heaven forbid any of that happens. But car accidents, you know, our T Triple C guy, his daughter's handlebars on his on her bike mm-hmm. were missing the rubber thing, so it's just the steel tube, like we oh, all no. had as kids. Yeah. Oh no. She turned, hit a bump plugged i mean yeah good size wound it's a gunshot you know and she's oh, yeah. pumping blood dude packed it full of gauze quick clot got her there i'm like was she gonna die I, you know ha- hopefully not we don't know but he sure as hell prevented it yeah you never right? let it get to that point to where it was a question <laughs> you know you knew how to handle it in the immediate time and then either wait for emts to show up or you can get them to the hospital yourself if it's close enough whatever i mean you can respond accordingly um, yeah. and that's, that's the important thing. You know, I mean, you don't, it, that's what I kind of enjoy about that is it doesn't have to be something, if you're not comfortable with firearms or whatever, the medical training is just as valuable, you know, if for all the abilities and the power that you have to take a life with defensive training and things like that, you have the power to give a life, save a life, whatever, however you want to put it by having that knowledge, you know, yeah. and I think it's really, it really is, uh, it's undervalued. And I think, you're starting to see it, you know, in T-Rex arms with the the sidecar that holds the tourniquet. Now I think was a big step. Just unfortunately it took something like that for the community to start getting behind it as much. You know I mean? It, 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 that wasn't the catalyst, but I now all of a sudden it's like the new Gucci thing is like, I got my gun and my tourniquet, bro. What up? Like, and it's like, okay, cool. Like, thank you. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. You know? Yeah good for you. The rest of us just carry it in our pocket or a backpack or whatever. But yeah. as long as you have it, that's all I give a shit about. Good for you, man. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I carry a rats in my like a uh, messenger bag, you know, and I got a couple of stowed in the truck here and there. And it's just, again, I'd rather have it, not need it than need it, not have it. Exactly. Yeah. No, hundred so. yeah. percent. Well, Chris, it's been awesome, man. Uh, I really Likewise. appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, before we, we kind of wrap here, uh, can you just tell everybody where they can find you on social media, man? Yeah. Yeah. So my personal Instagram is just Chris Blau, C-H-R-I-S-B-L-A-U, no space, all lowercase. Um, 1911syndicate.com is how people get in touch with us for real estate help. And then on YouTube and Instagram, we run the 1911 syndicate pages for both of those. And, uh, Jake kind of runs those pages. I still just run my own page. Um, but it's just fun gun content for uh, just normal dudes. You know, like when you go to the range and hang out, you and your buddies talk guns, you may not yeah. know all specifics and you even may, we try not to do this, but you may be misinformed on something and that's okay. Cause like, we're all just enjoying guns and our hobby of guns, you know? So hundred percent. that's where you can find us. And uh, I want to thank you for your time and invite me on dude. Anytime you need a guest, I'd love to jump on, man. Like I, no, I absolutely. enjoy this and, you know, I enjoy meeting people and connections and to a fault. I enjoy, enjoy that stuff. Cause I, I just enjoy talking to people. So thank you for your time and tell your wife, thank you for letting me steal you for a couple hours. Likewise, likewise. And, uh, no, I'll definitely be in touch in the future. You know, next year we'll get you guys back. We'll get you back on and, um, you know, uh, happy Thanksgiving and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and have a happy holiday season and everything. And we'll, we'll definitely be in touch brother. Cool. Yeah, no, same to you. I, I forget that it's Thanksgiving and, uh, Yeah. You have a good Thanksgiving and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Cool. Thanks brother.
Well, there you go, everybody. That was Chris Blau of the 1911 Syndicate. Uh, I had a great time talking with Chris. Uh, I'm planning on, on getting together with him in the future. We're going to talk uh, suppressors. We're going to talk rifles. We're going we're to do uh, some some cool stuff coming up down the line here. Uh, certainly a wealth of knowledge. And if, like I said in the beginning, if you guys haven't checked out their YouTube channel, search 1911 syndicate him and his buddy jake they do just awesome stuff um some of their cheap gun challenge uh things are really really fun they also work uh did some things with uh jeff from rdr gear um you know just just awesome awesome content and some of like the most just down-to-earth dudes you're gonna find out in the 2a community i i really hope you guys enjoyed it as much as i did uh that's that's all i have for you guys uh at the time of this recording it's uh, november 23rd so uh from the team here at Prepared Mindset, we wish you guys a very happy Thanksgiving. We hope you're taking the time to get together with family, acknowledge what you're thankful for, uh, and just and just enjoy life. Um, you know, a year ago this time, things were very, very different. I know I, for the first time in my life, I didn't get to see my family on Thanksgiving, and I'm uh, first and foremost very thankful that, that things are, are very different this year. Uh, so get out there and enjoy that turkey and have a great time with your with your family. And then get right back out there and train. You know, like we always we always say here, you know, uh, work hard, train smarter, and until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.